time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. We welcome you. We're glad that you're here. Welcome to our first night of our new series, Love Plus Love. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then Jesus adds to it, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Father, we love you. And as DSM, we want this Jesus declaration, this statement of what you desire most from us, to love God and love people. We want these two things to be active in our hearts. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you cause us, help us, enable us to love God and to love people with all that we have. We love you, Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. So Monday night, I uh, was sitting there talking to my little girl, Adeline, and she's, she's just turned four. She's got blonde hair. And um, she, she actually turned four, but she's now informed us that she's turned back to three uh, because we are requiring more of her. So now she says, I'm going back to three. So she's actually three. So if you ask her how old she is, she says she was four, but now she's three again. And so uh, I'm sitting there. And now my little girl, Addie, is uh, my most talkative kid um, by far, times 10. And um, she, just, she just talks, 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 talks. And, and so she's got big blue eyes, blonde hair, and, uh, and, and I got to be honest with you, out of all my kids, this is the one that reminds me of myself the most. She eats far more than the other kids, and uh, she talks a lot, and she's just kind of opinionated, and uh, so I was just thinking about it at dinner time, and I was looking at her, and so I looked at her, and I, I, I said, Adeline, when I look in your face, I see me, and she looked at me, and she goes, Daddy... When I look at your face, I see you. (laughs) And uh, I said, and I just felt this, I just felt this delight in her. I just, I just loved it. I just, I loved it. Actually, yesterday I got home from uh, work, got home about five o'clock and uh, Renata was holding justice. He's my one-year-old and he really only says three words. He says, hi, by, and he kind of does mama. That's kind of basically what he does right now. He's not really saying daddy. He kind of says dad, but it's not, I mean, it's not really, really there yet. But um, yesterday I just had this great moment because I walked in the door and uh, Justice reached for me like that. And Renata was holding him. And there's just something about that that just makes you feel good. You know, like he's like, dad, he wants dad and mom's holding him. It's like, yeah, it's my boy right there. And so then, so I took him from Renata and he turned to Renata, went like this, and goes, bye. <laughs> and I just, yesterday, I just went, man, I delight in this. This is, my, this is my boy. I mean, he's looking at mom. And, See you later, mom. I'm with dad now, you know. <clears throat> I, just, just, I just loved it. It was just, it was, it's, it's my boy. Just, I, li- I delight in him, you know. It doesn't, doesn't matter if he never says my name. I just... Like him, you know, he's going to say it, don't get me wrong, he's going to say it one day, but I just, I love, I delight in my kids a lot, actually. I, last night we were sitting at dinner and, and uh, 
And so we're sitting there and just, you know, kind of going through everybody talking about their day. And, and my five-year-old, Olivia, starts to tell me about how she's been intentional about trying to uh, be kind to one girl in her class that she feels like nobody really talks to. And, and I was just so impressed with her. I was so impressed with my five-year-old little girl who's trying to be compassionate towards this little girl. And, and uh, so I just, I just, I was trying to communicate to her how proud of her I was, but I didn't feel like she was really receiving it. I felt like she was just kind of like, yeah, 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 you're proud of me. So I was like, no, Liv, I'm really proud of you. Like, really? She's like, yeah, 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 smiling. So I was like, no, Liv. And so I pull some money out of my pocket and I'm like, this is for being nice to other kids. And, and she was like, oh. And across the table, my son Dawson goes, I scored 10 goals today at recess. <laughs> That's my boy. I was like, 10 goals? And he was like, 10. I was like, really? You're telling the truth? He's like, I scored 10 goals in soccer today. And I was like, yes, I gave him some money, you know. And so Renata leans over to me and she's like, David, you're going to have to stop giving money to these kids or you're going to go broke. And I was like, I can't help it. I'm just, I'm so proud of them. I mean, she's, you know, kind to the hurting child, 10 goals in 15 minutes. You know, I can't, I just, I just, I I can't help it. I just, I delight in it. I remember experiencing that even as a kid. I had a dad that delighted in me a lot, really did. In fact, uh, my, my, I've told you this story. I'm going to tell it again. I'll, I'll tell it at least three times a year for the next 20 years. But one of my greatest memories as a child was being in second grade, soccer player, and the moment where, you know, I scored my first goal, and I've told you this story. It was a moment, some of you are new, but it was, it was a moment where I, I, I was second grade. I was, the, I, was playing the, I was playing the forward wing on the right side. And so I was the kind of kid that, you know, uh, didn't score most of the time. Most of the time, the, 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 the coach's son, whose name was Gilbert, he scored most of the goals. And, um, and, so, and so, you know, the coach, so I, so I, but my dad was in the stands, and my dad didn't come to all my games. He came every once in a while, and so I was really, really trying to, you know, play well. Uh, most of the kids played in umbros and cleats. Uh, I played in, in Levi's and hiking boots um, just because my parents wouldn't buy me the soccer clothes. But anyway, that's a different story. And you can ask my brother about that. And then they, 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 like, softened on Dan. Like, Dan got football gear and Nintendo in his room, Duck Hunt, Super Mario Brothers, the whole thing. But anyway... So, but, but I was deprived and Dan received the good stuff. So anyway, so, so, but, but, but it's a great moment for me because I, and I, I love to tell the story where I, I'm just standing there, you know, I wasn't like running around very much. I was just kind of, it, it happened to be standing where when Gilbert goes to kick a goal, goes off the side of his foot, I'm standing right over here. And so, and he's sli- I mean, he's, he, he's, what would you say? Slices? Would you say splices? He just, he just misses, you know, and it goes, instead of going straight, it goes this way. And I'm standing there and it goes off my knee. My left knee goes off my knee. That pulled the goalie over. Cheek, boom, right in the goal. Scored my first goal. And, um, thank you. Yes. It was great. I was just standing at the right place at the right time. And the ball fell in love with me. You know, it was just perfect. It was just sovereignty. And so, and so I'm standing right in the right spot at the right moment. Gilbert actually kicked it. The inertia of the ball goes that direction, you know, off my knee in. And my dad goes berserk. He's like, my dad is not like a, like a go berserk kind of guy. You know I mean? My dad's kind of an introvert. 
my dad just was so excited for me that I scored my first. I think he thought it was a miracle, you know, because he's a great man of prayer. <laughs> like, thank God, you know, like anyway. But uh, and so, and so following the game, he, he, he came up to me and he said, hey, uh, it was Wednesday nights. And we always went to church on Wednesday nights. And he said, he said, before we go to church tonight, I'm going to take you to McDonald's. And I said, really? And when I was growing up, that was a big deal. You know, that was, you know, kind of huge. And, and when we would go, you could, we would always get a hamburger and a water. That's all we could ever have. You know, that's kind of the way that it worked in my family. And so that was what we were used to. And so we got, I, I thought, you know, like, okay, cool. I'm going to go there and get the hamburger and the water. And we get there. My dad, it's just me and my dad. And he's like, tells me, he says, hey, uh, I want to celebrate your goal. And so I looked at him and I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you can order whatever you want. And I said, anything, anything. So I said, anything? He said, anything. And so I said, like, even one of the pictures with a number on them? He's like, even one of the pictures with a number. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And my dad, who loved me, really had very little to do with my success in soccer. It was that he was looking for a reason to celebrate me. It was a father that just, he just delighted in me. He just, he just, he just loved me. He just loved me because I was his kid. So, you know, born with a bunch of girls and just got to love the boy, you know. I mean, love just delighted in me. And I remember even as a second grader right then just feeling that. Just feeling, it's not so much that I'm the expert athlete. <laughs> it's not so much that he's really celebrating that I, I'm going to be this incredible soccer player. But really, in the moment, it was, I just celebrate that you're my son. And because you're my son, I delight in you. In fact, today, I called him. and So it's 20, that was 25 years ago. And I called him this morning. We had a uh, little fender bender, my Suburban. And so we, I had to take it in this morning. And so I called my dad and said, hey, dad, hey, any chance I can use your car? Uh, he's out of town. He's preaching in Michigan this week. And... Uh, and he said, and I, I said, but and so his car is here. And I said, any chance I can use it? And he said, of course. And he said this phrase, and I loved it. Just happened today, this morning. He goes, of course you can use it. He goes, all that I have is yours, you know. And it's just, uh, it's just real. It's just, you know, it's just a dad. He just, whatever, whatever he's got, he he wants to give, and he just likes me and delights in me and loves me. So often when we think about how we can love God, a lot of times we feel a pressure. And even when we read, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I tell you, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We kind of feel pressure like, oh, I got to do that. I got to, okay, how do I love God and how do I love people? And that's, the, that's what God expects of me. That's what God wants of me. And it's almost like pressure. But the secret to fulfilling the greatest commandment, and yea, the second commandment as well, is really locking into how much your father loves and delights in you. That's really the secret into getting it. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we find that. Jesus really, really was steeped in the knowledge of his father's love for him. In fact, every time that Jesus talked about his father, he, or talked to his father, he called him Abba, Father. There's only one time when we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... When, there's only one time where he doesn't call him Abba. It's when he's on the cross and he quotes Psalm 22 and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One time he calls him God on the cross in the middle of suffering. And yet we find every other time he calls him Abba. Abba is the word for father. It says father. The primary way that 
Jesus the Son talks to God the Father is Father. It's the way that he thinks of him. It's the way that he talks to him. And as you begin to say, okay, how can I live where I love God and where I love people? How do I, how do, I do this? I, I, like a broken drum, I want you to understand and to know how much he loves you. And if you get that, and I mean meditate on it, swim in it, sing about it, think about it. I mean marinate in it, you know, hang out in it, talk about it. The love of God. If there's a, my prayer is that this youth group, more than any other youth group in the nation, talks about a God who loves us. When you, go, when you study the scriptures from Malachi back to Moses, or when you read Jesus to John in Revelation, there's a theme all the way through the scriptures. God loves us. God loves you individually. And yet it's the hardest to get. It's the number one thing that the enemy is going to come and lie to you about and say, it's not true for you. No way. That's what those, you know, Christians talk about, but it's not true for you. It's not real. It's not true. It's the number one thing. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says that the God of this age wants to lie to us. He wants to lie to you. The number one thing that he wants to lie to you about is how much the father loves you. Because if you lock in with how much the father loves you, you'll get out of the rat race. The rat race of everybody needing to approve of me. I'm telling you the greatest story ever told is how much God loves people. How much he loves us. You can put your name in there, how much he loves you. Sometimes we like to think about it mostly as kind of how God loves all people. But I'll tell you, there's power when you make it personal. Put your proper name in there. God loves Carter. And when, he, when Carter locks in with how much God loves Carter, all together, it's a different experience and encounter than just God loves people. Make it personal. Put it on, over your own life. We talked about this at retreat a little bit. But if we're going to start a series about how to love God and how to love people, next week we're going to talk about how to love people. And we're talking about how to, have, how to have spiritual conversations and how to initiate conversations with people that don't love God. And I'm just wanting the whole thing to be, as we start it, is to be just drenched in the reality of how much God loves you. And really how much he delights in you. Sometimes when we say the word loves, I feel like we think um, the word loves doesn't mean much to us anymore. You know? Um, you know, sometimes even when you're frustrated with people, you know, that you are committed to, then you'll say, I love you. And, but it's kind of like you grit your teeth and say, I love you. You know what I mean? It's like, if there's a fight between Dan and I, hypothetically, if Dan and I were going to be in a fight or, or something, and, but he, because he's my brother, you know, I looked at him and, and, you know, he's just, he's just, you know, stolen $10,000 from me or something like that. And, um, that's never happened, but he did take my Mustang when I was in college and, <laughs> And and wreck it, not 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 like wrecked it, big time wrecked it, just like damaged it. But anyway, that's a different story. So, uh, but if there was tension, before, not hypothetically, if there was tension, and I were to look at Dan and I were to say, I love, yeah, it's hard, but I love you. It's kind of got this. It's kind of got this. I'm frustrated with you, but I tolerate you. You know, and sometimes I feel like that's how we kind of think how God treats us is we kind of think, well, you know, I'm not giving like I should be giving. I'm, uh, I'm, I've struggled with this sin, this addiction, this lust, whatever. But because he's God, he tolerates me and he's still committed to me. And sometimes I, I, I think that we, we think of him kind of like that, like, like he's a, a good father, but he tolerates us. 
And when we think love, we think he's tolerating us. So when we're singing, he loves us, oh, how he loves us. What we're really, what's kind of what's going on is he's putting up with us. He's tolerating me. I should go to hell, but because he had to, you know, he loves me because he made me. So he's stuck with me. He loves me. He tolerates me. And it's this holy different, holy, not H-O-L-Y, W-H-O-O-L-L-Y, holy, completely different than he delights in me. He just likes me. I mean, when Adeline looks at me and her response makes no sense, well, it actually makes a lot of sense. When I look at your face, I see you. (laughs) Everything inside of me, that immature response, or that, it's a very, I don't know, maybe it's very brilliant. I can't tell. Everything inside of me, I just like you because I just because of who you are. You know, when 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 Liv is telling me about what she's doing about to reach to to be kind to a friend, I just I just like you because of who you are. It's not even that big. That's not even that cool of a thing. But I just like you. Justice, just saying one word, bye. And I'm like, oh, just love you. It's not it's not so much your success. It's not so much just that you. It's just I just like you. So whatever you do, I like. It's like my little girl, she's just crazy, crazy about strawberry shortcake. And so I love strawberry shortcake. I, not the food, the, the toy. I like pup cake. I like custard. I just, I like raspberry tort. I, I like all of it. I, I know all of it just because I so like Adeline. And if you can see a father that just likes you, and because he likes you, then, because he likes Carter, then he likes cameras and he likes, you know, um, Mediterranean food. And, you know, he just, because he likes Carter, you know, Starbucks, old cars, you know, broken down cars. You know, he just, they, they, be, he likes those things. Be, he, he, he loves Carter so much. It's about delighting in you. It's not tolerating you. It's not looking at you, Bucky, and just, man, well, well I've got to tolerate Bucky. No, Josh really about he delights in you that he loves you so first john 4 19 is really the thing i want you to get tonight a favorite verse we love him because he first loved us you've heard my brother preach it you've heard me say it you're going to hear it you're all the whole time you're here this idea transforms the human heart how do we love god we grit our teeth and go, watch me love you. I can do it. While all the other kids are doing all these wrong things, I can love you. Or do we live in the knowledge of a father who delights in us? Here's the deal. When you know that you're loved first, you can't help but love back. You can't help it. You always love back when you feel loved. You always do. I watch you guys go through it all the time. I, I mean, I'll watch, you'll watch a certain group of people and they will be kind to one person and that person that feels kindness or feels accepted will go right back, go, go work with those. I mean, they'll be friends with those people. They just love it. Well, you see it in, in youth culture all the time. I mean, I remember I had a friend in seventh grade and he, he and I were buds. He was looking for a place to be accepted. And the moment that the, the, the word, I mean, this, it was like the, it was the, 
it was the worst group of kids. It was the kids that were really, you know, I mean, whatever the, you know, they were looking like we don't lie, we don't accept authority. They were doing drugs, and they accepted this kid. And the and he and I remember he went from, you know, I don't want to go down that route, but I'm so hungry for acceptance that I'll go that route because they'll accept me. If they love him first, he loves back. We always love back when we feel loved. The way that we're created is to know two things. One, God loved us first. When you know that he loves you, you will love back when you really believe it. So that's the, that's the reason why the enemy has targeted that truth and tried to make it in your brain be fuzzy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that God could love me. It's the number one thing. Because if you get it, if you, if you lock in with it, the human heart's transformed. The heart, that's, the heart that knows that they are loved, delighted in, not just tolerated. And that's, sometimes I've been around you guys for long enough that when you talk about it, I feel like you talk about like God accepts you or God um, endures you. And that's not really the core of it. In fact, the best biblical model that we have of it comes in Matthew chapter 3. And it's the story of Jesus who's about to start ministry. He's, you know, a, this young rabbi from Galilee. And he's baptized. And we find the great moment where the audible, say audible. audible. Say, audible. Audible. Okay, there you go. Yeah, your voice. Yeah, talking. Audible. The audible voice of God. God the Father declares out loud. I mean, imagine if we heard the audible voice of God tonight. What does it sound like, you know? I mean, who knows? But if we heard the audible voice of God, And God the Father, he says, out loud, so that people can hear. He says, this is my son whom I tolerate. No. This is my son who's got a good plan. No. This is my son. He's going to pay the penalty for your debt. Give a little, you know, gospel message. Mm -mm. This is my son. In whom I'm well pleased. In whom I delight in. The way that the living says it. The one I take full joy in. Brings me joy. So. Matthew 3. The father says. This is the son that I delight in. This is the one that I love. This is the one that I take joy in. And then Jesus prays in John 17, 23. Jesus prayer. And you know what he prays? He prays that you and I would experience, would know that the Father loves us the way that he loves his son. John 17, 23. Can you throw it up there? Oh, there it is. I and them and you and me. So Jesus praying here. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So that you have loved them the way, I mean, the way that you screamed and declared it. The way that I'm always saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. 
Because I know that I'm your son. Because I know you delight in me. Because I know you find joy in me. Because that, that's, that's what will change the world. If they know that, if they get that, this is what I want the people to know. I'm telling you, if you get this, you will be a fulfillment of Jesus' prayer. (laughs) He says, I want them to know that you love them. And yet you're going to be the one that decides to what level will you know it? To what level will you live in the knowledge of the love of God? I mean, just imagine taking it. Jesus, you prayed this. I want this to be true over my life. You prayed that I would know the Father's love for me, that he loves me the way that he loves you. I'm telling you, if you get that, you will, that, that sets you up. You can't help but love God when you know how much he loves you. You can't, you can't, he loves me. Oh, he loves me. It's the number one thing about my life. It's what's saved me. It's what's redeemed me. It's what's awesome. It's what's true. It's more true than anything else. But I don't really love you back. No, you can't. You just, ah, I love you too. He let you created me. Thank God. Thank you for loving me and making me. And I love you. Living disconnected. To his love for you will lead you to pursue trying to find love in fame, in money, in doing something cool, something big, somebody like me. Some Let me do something to fill that spot. But the only thing, the only thing, I'm telling you, I know I told you this story. I'm sitting with friends of mine that are successful. I'm talking millionaires. And it's, it, they're still searching. I just had one of my friends who works with Jerry Buckheimer look at me and go, why are you so much happier than I am? You are a Bible college guy. I, I mean, he didn't say it's because I'm doing what I've always dreamed of. And yet there's, it's different. And I'm telling you guys, the more that you experience this and know this and encounter this. Your fulfillment of Jesus' prayer. You can't help but love God. It'll be alive inside of you. It'll be real. He delights in you. Don't think he tolerates you. It's like we live in the age right now where, you know, our whole generation has started to communicate via sentences called texting, right? And have you noticed what started to happen? First texting, you know, kind of started. And people, the problem with texting was, was that people couldn't hear vocal inflection and they couldn't see. So you know what started to happen? People started to figure out to, a way to go semicolon, backside of a parentheses, smiley face. Why? So that you can see that I'm not mad at you. But I just said something strong, right? And then it was like, oh, we want to do even more so... You know, semicolon, zero, which means, ah, right? <laughs> right? So we started to do. And then phones went up a level and like four times four, like 16 different faces came up. And you could put, hey, ho, ha. 
right? One was green, right? You know, all these different faces. Why? Because in the, in the text, you can't tell what the emotion is. So we got to add the smiley face so you can know that I'm happy when I'm saying this. Half of us, we read, he loves us. And we're like, yeah, I'm telling you, if you could see, there's a smiley face connected to that. I love you. Ha! I delight in you. Ha! Psalm 18, 19. I rescued you because I delighted in you. Ha! I like you. David, I like you. I love you. I rescue you because I love you. Jesus, I love you. You're my son. Whom I love. Whom I love. What do I got to do? I'll scream it. Ah, this is my boy. Peter says it. Peter's like, oh, the one that we knew and saw and walked with. Beloved Paul, the, loved, the, the beloved loved by God. John kept saying it about himself. I'm the beloved. I'm the beloved. Jesus said it. Jesus prayed it. He's not looking at the Father going, if they would just know. Oh, I'm so ticked at them. If they would just know that you love them the way you love me. Semicolon, front side of a parenthesis, which means frown face. No, if Jesus were texting this to us, it would have that they would understand that you love them the way you love me. Big smiley face. Text it to him. Declare it. He's a smiling father. I'm telling you, he loves you. The enemy wants you to believe he's ticked. He's mad. He's annoyed. But I'm telling you, when you come before him and you start to believe he delights in me. He loves me. He doesn't just tolerate me and endure the misery of being God and created a very awkward kid. No. He goes, hey, awkward kid, you're mine. Bye. I love you. When I see your face, I see your face. Sometimes that's all we do. We just come before him and we, it's not even that logical. It's not even that cool. And he goes, I just love you. I just like you. And Carter comes as awkward as Carter is. Glasses, you know, the jeans that are skinny, you know, the, the, this whole hair thing going over. And God doesn't look at Carter and go, awkward kid. Looks at Carter and goes, oh, I love him. Looks at Daniel. Ah, oh, he's kind of tall. No, he goes, I love him. AJ, I don't know, kind of smiley. <laughs> no, he goes, I love you. I love you because you're mine. Dory, mm, loves the stage, kind of a dancer. He goes, I love that about her. I delight in you. I don't tolerate you. I love you. I delight in you. Smiley face, get it. Lock in with it. Friends, what happens? What happens when DSM gets out of the rat race of trying to get all the approval and we have hundreds of high school students that know they are loved. They are delighted in. He loves you. He delights in you. you go, well, David, I'm pretty sure I got to do stuff in order for him to like me. 
wrong. Out of the overflow of knowing that he loves you, if you love you, if you, if, if, when, when you know that he loves you, you'll be obedient. But I'll tell you this, it's not the prerequisite to experiencing his love. Thief on the cross. Hey, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at him and goes, shut up, moron, and go do some righteousness. No. He looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What did the guy do? And just a moment, and just a heart, he goes, I want you. And Jesus goes, cool, you're in. No, I got to like go give a cup of cold water to an old lady or something, right? Well, you're going to die soon. Good luck. I'm in. You're in. Really? Yeah, this is about my righteousness, not yours. That's why I'm dying right here on the cross for you. (laughs) Good day. Oh, friends, if you get this. Jesus did it over and over again. Over and over again. What did Lazarus do? The guy's dead. Jesus is like, I just love him so much. Lazarus. No response. <laughs> That's funny, because he's dead. <laughs> right? He didn't say anything. He's dead. Come forth. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. That's my point. Listen, guys. You can read in the scriptures, we find people that are dead on a cross, caught in adultery, and there is one, there is one whose righteousness enables them to approach him and know him. Jesus, because of Jesus, you can approach a God who loves you, he delights in you, he's smiling over you. It is not, I love you, but I'm just going to be annoyed with you until you die and come to heaven. It is, I love you now. I'm smiling over you. I delight in you now. And the same way, I'll conclude with this. The same way that he looks at his son and audibly interrupts human history and says, I love you, Jesus. What's up, G, my boy? He looks at you and he says, I love you. My prayer, Father, Jesus prays to the Father. My prayer, Father, is that they would know that you love them like you love me. Because if they get that, they get it all. They get it all. You get that? And what we, we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks, loving God, loving people. Man, you live in knowing that you're loved and you can love God and you can love people because it's like a river. It's just in you. It's just coming and it's just like, yes, and I love you back. And yes, and I love your people. But if you don't have that, and you're like, I'm going to try to love God and love people. Or you will burn out in time. I'm going to do righteous acts. And Jesus says, unless your righteous acts are passed out of the Pharisees. It's not about what you can do. It's about he loves me. And because he loves me and I know that he loves me, I can love him and I can love others. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. They've got a vision and a mission for their life.